Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this video or podcast on any platform that you're listening on. Please visit us at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, welcome back to another show. We we saw some interesting headlines in the news the past couple of weeks, but one one that kind of like slipped under the radar, I think, for most people was an article about uh, evangelical preacher Joel Osteen. Now, for those that don't know who Joel Osteen is, he's one of the biggest names in evangelical Christian uh, in the evangelical Christian world. Um, kind of like the second wave after the Jerry Falwell. Uh, like Jerry Falwell kind of was the uh, one of the, the first priests that kind of went uh, commercial uh, with like um, televised services. And um, <clears throat> he opened up, uh, I think, I believe he opened up his own university called Liberty University. Um, but Joel Osteen and a host of other evangelical priests have kind of uh, I, I guess the word is they've kind of taken it to the next level as far as uh, making money via the church. Uh, now, I'm not going to say that Joel Osteen isn't leading a flock of people, right? People go to church for whatever reason. That's not what this is about. Um, this is going to be more geared toward... Uh, how a church like his uh, is still under the 501c3 tax-exempt status when um, Joel Osteen, and I believe his wife or their, their church, is worth, and this is as of three days ago, um, they're worth over $100 million. Is that is that them personally, or is that the church as an entity? So I believe that's... I, I don't know if there's a separation. Okay. I believe him and the church are one. Okay. Um, it's kind of like almost any business owner, all of their expenses get paid out through the company. Right. Like, like people say Bezos is worth however many billion dollars, but that includes all his holdings in Amazon. Right. So people, I think there are some people out there that think that Bezos like has a tower like Scrooge McDuck and swims in money, and he actually he probably could, but when you talk about that kind of money, it's the value of all their assets. So it's the house. Uh, it, in Osteen's case, it's also a, an Airbus A three nineteen, which we can get into later. A couple <laughs> so, yacht, a couple yachts. Yeah. I mean, it, I also think part of that is that uh, the arena they own. So for those that don't know. Osteen outgrew his old digs, I believe, in the early 2000s. Church uh, church was too small. So he ended up buying the old um, the old uh, the basketball arena for the Houston Rockets. Uh, it's called the Compact Center now, but it was something... That I, feel, I feel like it had a better, like, iconic name. It's not the Alamo... Was it, en- was it Enron? Probably, <laughs> it's probably something like, Yeah, it probably was, like, Enron. I think Enron yeah. Wasn't Enron in Houston? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he he got so big to the point where the guy now sells out, or I don't know if he sells tickets to it, but he's got enough parishioners that he has to do his uh, preaching from an arena. 
And not only does he fill the arena, he simulcasts it. So it's it's on, on TV. Yeah, and it's also on TV. Yeah. And now, so, and all these people donate. Yeah. To him. Well, so and and I was I was uh I remember what I was doing. Something on TV had ended on a Sunday and he came on. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of one of those like Sunday morning paid where they can buy a block of time. Right. So he was on. It was a it was a network. It was NBC or you know one of the local affiliates. So so he was on and doing his thing. First of all, the production value of that place is high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the stage, like they essentially have that arena set up as if, because you can take any arena like Madison Square Garden, um, Verizon Center, you know, uh, Scotia Bank Arena, you name it. Put a stage at one end or in the middle or however you want to set it up and have concerts, and that's how how, how he leaves it set up. And then there are you know the parishioners are up and they're in the upper deck and they're in the lower. You know, I mean it's the upper bowl and lower bowl, however you want to say it. And, and it's pretty, it's pretty big. Um, yeah. Now listening to him, and I guess between the two of us, I'm, I'm the one that goes to church more often than you do. Right. Um, you know, his message wasn't bad, you know, it wasn't, but there was definitely interjected into the sermon that he was giving were opportunities. Again, we need video for my air quotes yes. to, uh, to donate money to uh his ministries so going back to the story that i found now this is where it gets interesting apparently they had a leak that they needed fixed and a plumber i think he was like replacing a toilet or something like that or or he's doing something and he had to go into the wall to fix some pipes the guy cuts into the 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 wall and apparently envelopes of money rains down on this dude to the tune of $200,000 in cash and $400,000 in checks. Now, it also kind of happened to coincide with the fact that back in 2014, Joel Osteen and the Lakewood Church, they filed uh, a police report saying that the money was stolen from the church safe. Okay. So, essentially, he was like, "There was a loose toilet in, there was a loose toilet in the wall, and we removed the tile. Went to go to remove the toilet, and I moved some insulation away, and about five hundred envelopes fell out of the wall. Wow! This dude found it by accident. Yeah. So, of course, Joel Osteen is going to say, "Oh my gosh! Well, the the person who stole the money, that's where they must have put it, thinking we wouldn't look there." Meanwhile, if I'm the police officer right now, I'm like, <laughs> you didn't see shit because you wasn't because you were you were doing shit, right? Was that was it from Chris Rock? Yeah, <laughs> or no, was it Chris Rock? Yeah, Chris Rock was like, you didn't see shit because you was doing shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah, Joel thought his stuff was stolen. Oh, by the way, it's just in six hundred thousand dollars just chilling in the wall. Yeah, well, you know, it reminds me of, like, who else hides money like that? Uh, the mob, um, Pablo Escobar. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. People that, that's like their their uh, their getaway money. People avoiding taxes. <laughs> Although, I don't know why he would need to do it, because yeah. he ain't paying taxes anyway. I mean, here's the thing. Maybe somebody did steal it, and put, but why would they? I mean, it's pretty easy if there are checks to see the dates on the checks. Well, so yeah. I don't, I wonder what kind of checks they are. Yeah. Like, are they personal? I can't imagine they're personal checks, right? I wonder if they're like cashier's checks. Yeah. 
But do they, they expire? I don't think. I don't time? think so. Okay. Cashier's checks are like cash. Yeah. I don't think they expire, and anyone can cash them. Right. Because they're not addressed to anybody. It's literally like a cash on paper. Yeah. And you can you should be able to just cash them wherever. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm speculating on that. But I, I the fact that I mean it just kind of got me thinking that and he's just one of them, right? Mm-hmm. This dude <coughs> and his wife and his kids. I mean, they're all involved. Everyone. I mean, I, when I think of the church. And people leading a church. One, I'm a, I'm a little more old school. I think either like the brown robes and the friars. I mean, I went to a Catholic school with yeah. you know, for the Franciscan friars. Um, or I'm thinking like you know the the uh, the priest with the with the the white thing in the collar, right? And the or, the vow of poverty and celibacy sure. and all that. Yeah, like and, I and that's kind of where I come from because I go to the Catholic church and you know the priest that at our church like he. I think he drives a Honda Accord with a dent in it. Right. <laughs> like, and the rabbi we go to, 2004 Acura TL. Yeah. Like, he's not driving a brand new whip. Right. 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 And, and you know, that's the thing. Like, so, like, the like the Catholic Church, the parish pays for the priest's um, living expenses. And so they have a, you know, the bigger churches have a rectory. It might be a house or a, an apartment. Some will rent an apartment or a house somewhere else for them. Um, others will do, uh, you know, however they decide to to work it out. If the one down the road, they put a house right on the right on church grounds. Yeah, that's where the priest or the the. I don't even know if he's a priest. Yeah, that's like I believe that's what it, I forgot what kind of church that is, but it's not like the old Catholic church. So yeah, um, just a uh, what do they call him? Uh, pastor. It depends. So. Yeah, I guess they're all, some of them are all pastors, but then you have, um, like, in in the Catholic Church, you'd say, the Episcopal Church, you'd say Father Whoever. Or priest, right? The priest, like, yeah. these pastors, they're not priests. Yeah. Like, Joel Osteen's not a priest. No, he doesn't wear a collar. He's, he's a pastor. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's that's where I draw the line. Like, if, if you were, I can't even say ordained, because you can get ordained online. I did. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to call you Father. Right. No, you know, that's not happening, but. I don't. Even, like, I, I'm not. I don't have enough deep knowledge on what exactly how the separation works between like an ordained priest, you know, the old Catholic type priest, Roman cat, whatever yeah. it is, um, or deacons, mm-hmm. or you know, I feel like those are the more official titles for the church. Yeah. So, like in the Catholic Church, a deacon is uh, they go through the same schooling that a priest does. However, a deacon can be in the Catholic Church if a deacon is married prior to taking their vows, they can still remain married and have kids and do all that, that stuff. Yeah. No vow celibacy or anything. Exactly. And then, so other churches like the Episcopal church has deacons. Um, Orthodox churches have have deacons. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, you know, now that, that uh, degree, it's a four year, it's a degree in theology. So it's a, it's a four, it's a college degree. So, and there's a whole trip, like they have to go and, you know, over the summer at church, there were like priests in training or whatever that were coming in and helping and running programs and doing whatever. So they wore a bit of a different outfit. Um, but it's not, it's not, it's not the, the evangelical pastor. No, 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 no. It, It's not the Jerry Falwells. It's not the Joel Osteens. And I'm sure there's a, a whole host of other ones. Um, and I know like, uh, 
in the black churches, they, they've got a whole host of them too. Right. And then they'll have like bishops that mm-hmm. are in that church, but there's no national hierarchy or anything. They're just the bishop of that church. It's a, I don't understand the titling or how it works, but one of the things that always struck me about some of these churches like Austin or Osteen's and some of the other big ones is that the focus isn't on worship or Jesus or God or your faith. The focus is on the pastor. Right. And it's almost like, and I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, my knowledge is limited. And I'm going to try not to get too, too biblical to bore people. But <laughs> in the Bible, there are these people called Pharisees and the Pharisees were, were, uh, were priests who, and, and those who were super religious that were doing it to show others how religious they were. Pretty much like the, the biblical version of virtue signaling. Gotcha. So look at me. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm perfectly clean. I'm wearing the, the, this outfit. I'm going to temple to worship on Saturday and, and every other day. And I'm following the, the thing by letter. Look at me. And it, that's how these guys almost remind me because the focus is not on the word. The focus is on the speaker on them right they are the celebrity and there's a whole bunch of them i'm not trying to cast aspersions to all of them because some of them have a good message and hey if this guy's legitimately helped someone with something god bless you know what i mean like that yeah but then you're living in they're living in mansions they're jetting around the world in their own aircraft like Like, for for me that's too that's too much of a for-profit operation yeah when I, in in my mind, when I when I think of church or I think of um, worshiping, I, I think of you know, the vow of the vow of poverty. Mm-hmm. From, now, don't get me wrong, though. Catholic priests take a vow of poverty, but there's nothing about the Catholic Church that's about poverty. The Catholic Church is probably one of the most wealthy organizations oh, in yeah. the world. Yeah, and and a lot of the things that happened throughout history mm-hmm. to to you know some of the especially that you know was all done in the name of um crusades yeah I mean, come on yeah you know and how else do you get you know and then you get these these peasants to go out and fight in these wars who they're going to get absolutely nothing out of it the the best probably the best thing that's going to happen to them is they're going to die well <laughs> that's probably the best thing but in their mind they get they're getting and then the priest sells it as you get you're getting salvation yeah you're doing this for God, so when you die, you're you're dying a righteous death, and right. you go to heaven, right? And and back then, like before, like 1900 and whatnot, that was that was it. Like if yeah. you if you got that kind of death, hey, you, know, you go. Yeah, but then you know when you look at these guys, like and the extravagance and the wealth and the flashiness of it, it makes you wonder. Like you know, Jesus walked through the desert barefoot, mm-hmm. and these guys fly, you know, drive Bentleys and have huge mansions, and they say they need to do it for, because God wants them to be to live this way. You were to, what you were telling me the type of plane that Osteen's got. Yeah, so he has an Airbus A three nineteen. Okay, which is for those who aren't airplane geeks like me, um, it's an airliner. So in a normal, isn't it basically the size of like what a Southwest jet is? Yeah, seven thirty-seven. It's not the jumbo thing, but it's like the no, next no, no. Size it's a that. single aisle. Yeah. So if you wanted to fly from like DC to Miami, you chances are you're going to be on an on an Airbus or a seven thirty-seven size jet. Right. Um, the A three nineteen in its max uh, capacity, I believe, can hold one hundred fifty-four passengers. 
so that's single class um so uh single aisle down the middle three on each side so essentially i mean he, he's not he's not <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna say this tongue-in-cheek it's not like he's going on a golf stream like like that like or, or i mean like like that like golf like, stream's nothing like, to like right like, your nose right, that's, what, that's, that's why i'm hesitating <laughs> like I just said he's not going on a golf stream. Like that's like like that's a horrible way to travel right. too, right? <laughs> like that that would make it okay. Yeah, and the he, thing is, he's, with, he's not driving a Honda Accord down no, it, from Houston to Dallas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And the thing is, that jet when when those jets are configured, and Boeing makes one they call it the seven thirty seven BBJ Boeing business jet. When they're configured like that, the range is incredible yeah. because all that space that's not taken up carrying passengers and luggage and all this other stuff. Um, can be used to carry fuel. Right. So that aircraft is easily transatlantic capable. Like he can fly anywhere in the in the world on that thing. Yep. And you know Jesus walked through the de- like I said before he walked through the desert barefoot. And I wonder how <laughs> if Jesus were to look back, he'd be like, "This isn't quite what I had in mind here." Uh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus be looking for royalties. <laughs> like, yo, you said my name eighteen yeah. times. Yeah, I need, up. A, I need a piece of that action. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, it's mentioned throughout the bible about and there's the saying um it's easier for a for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to to go to heaven well here they are living like rich men um and it's i mean it's mentioned just in the new testament you go um you know proverbs matthew luke mark it's all it's it's the same thing mm-hmm. said different ways but it's in there repeatedly and here this guy is and people like him are doing the same thing um all tax exempt when i don't know if you remember there's a video that came out and it was the it was a it was a pastor who was arguing or trying to convince his 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 uh his flock his 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 congregation to upgrade him from a Cessna citation jet to a golf stream and he was going through all the things about why Jesus would want him, why God would want him in the Gulf Stream over the little uh, citation. Right. And the thing is, it's you know, if people want to give their money away to to something like this, then you know, go ahead. I mean, I don't. I throw money in the collection plate every day, every Sunday. We give money to the church. Uh, you know, they have it set up. You can have it like direct deposit, essentially. <laughs> but. Um, Hey, it's 2021. <laughs> we right, get with the times, right. but uh, they're taking PayPal now. You know, the squeegee guys take take credit cards, right? They if you car- give your card credit card to a squeegee guy, you're an idiot. Right. But <laughs> um, so you know, so that, that, they do that. But the thing is, if you're knowingly convincing people who are going to do whatever you tell them to do, and you're using their faith to get them to do it to benefit you in terms of a to get you a new jet i mean at, at what point are you crossing them some sort of line here right you know i'm convincing someone that doesn't have a pot to piss in to give me their last ten dollars so that i can have a bigger private jet well, so that's it, the thing where i really that's where they that's really where they lose me right well and we had talked about this in one of our earliest episodes about are people living their religion, right? Yeah. If you're going to use religion, and in this case, an established religion, like you didn't make it up, you're not, 
This isn't Joseph in the Book of Mormon, right? You didn't create this religion and, and gather a flock of people and get them to believe in something new. Right. You're using a uh, centuries-old Bible, mm-hmm. um, putting your own little twist on the message. Right. But the the acts within or the, the, the path to good living hasn't changed in that book. No. And it, it's why, I mean, it's kind of like why, now I rail on the Catholic Church, but the Catholic Church also has a lot of, um, they do a lot of good for people who, who don't have much mm-hmm. or don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, soup kitchens, orphanages. Um, hospitals. Hospitals. Yeah. Um, mission, I mean, the, the missionaries, I mean, it, Look, I mean, as much as I, I, I would rag on the Mormon church, I mean, the Mormon church, though, they, in order to become, I believe, a full member of the Mormon church, you have to go on a mission. Correct. And do some good in the world. Like, okay, Joel Osteen, you know, don't get me wrong, you're worth $100 million. I mean, and I, I'm not one of those people that's like anti-capitalism, saying when is enough enough. Look, if you can earn $100 million, you can earn $100 million, but you're earning $100 million Tax-free, which means at minimum 30% federal tax rate. Yeah. 30 million of that should be gone. Yeah. Never mind. It's probably more than that. It's probably closer to 40. So 40 million should be gone plus whatever state taxes you probably should have paid. So now you're going from 100 million down to 50 million, which is still nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. But how much of that money, if you really believed in what you were preaching to people, um, do you really need and how much more of that money should you have done better with? You know what I mean? Like is 10 million in the bank. Not enough for you. Right. (laughs) I mean, if you, if you bump down from the Airbus 319 down (laughs) to the Gulf stream, which is probably a couple mil there, Mm -hmm. you probably could have, you, you probably could have set up. Yeah. I don't know. You could have set up a, a, a homes for the mentally ill. You know, or, or you know, we we they always talk about mental illness in this country yeah. and the homeless vets. I guarantee you, if you took twenty mil of that, you could probably solve the problem of homeless vets by just building bu- buildings, putting them in there, and hiring the psychiatrist to help them out with their mental illness. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? If if someone like, someone like him were to do that, he could take all the money in the world and no one would care because he did something good. It's kind of like with the Catholic Church; they yep. got. They got a vault somewhere with a whole lot of gold, but the Catholic Church does do something good. Yeah, you know, they're not. It, I've never seen a Catholic priest sport a Bentley. No, the the, no. the best car in the whole fleet for the Catholic Church is the Pope Mobile. Yeah, and it's an up armored. Well, it used to be. I mean, it was a Mercedes, I think. Yeah, an up armored Mercedes, which maybe cost them a hundred grand. Yeah, and there's also the. Um, I mean, the Pope flies commercial, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's chartered. You know, but it's it's a it's Al Italia. But don't get me wrong. I mean, the the Catholic Church has its issues, but one of them is not flaunting wealth. Yeah. Now I do wonder if I mean I don't know what what Osteen does, like what his church has done for Houston. I do know that they got back during the hurricane. They got a a bad because uh, they wouldn't let people use that church as a shelter. Mm-hmm. Which you go to any. You look at any sort of emergency planning anywhere, and you identify your churches and stuff, and those are going to be... I mean, I, they, 
that's what they use. Like, just to hear when the power goes out, they set up the cooling stations, schools, police stations, churches, right. firehouses. Like, they open their doors to people to help people, and then you're going to go say, nope, you need to stay out. It's This is too... This is too nice in here for right. you. Yeah, right. So. It, well, it's like the, the whole thing with like when Chevy Chase was talking to uh, in Caddyshack with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, we got, we've got a pool and a pond. The pond would be better for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it means essentially the same thing. Yeah. It's like, well, you know. Maybe we'll let you camp outside, but you're not coming in. You're not yeah. coming in my my, could, my dojo here. You could use yeah. the parking lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> and so I guess my my problem with him and these other pastors is, you know, some of these evangelical priests. I mean, they're they're pushing people to tithe about twenty percent of their salaries. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing with their money? Like that's my question. There, it's like, dude, how do you how do you even amass a hundred million dollars being the head of a church? Yeah, like that. Now, like, look, if you're if you're Jeff Bezos and Amazon, you build something out of your basement from scratch, not promising, you know, uh, some some enlightenment, right, or whatever, like something that you can't physically or or so you can't present it. I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess there's a mental state you could present, and make people happy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's like, look, man, you're doing it under the guise of something else. To me, there's, there's some disingenuine disingenuity there, right? And you didn't even write the story. No, the story's already written. <laughs> You're just interpreting so, it. It's like, yeah. it's like Ryan Reynolds reads a story much better than uh, Ryan Gosling. So Ryan Reynolds gets more people to listen to him, and they donate money to him. Yeah, which is what we're trying to do with this podcast. If you want to donate, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have a link set up for that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I kind of get it. But I mean, there was another someone that's very convincing. Can either do good with that, or they can do bad. Yeah. And a good uh, uh, here's an example: like Joel Osteen, seems like he does all right. I mean, I'm sure he's doing some good in the Houston community or whatever. Is he doing enough? I mean, judging by the guy's hundred million dollar net worth, probably not. Yeah. You could probably you could do a lot more with the money that these, you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people are donating to you maybe you should do a little bit more in return for people who are less fortunate because you're doing it in the, under the guise of a church under a giving organization yeah. under some an organization whose mantra is to do better for all yeah the, see it, the, yeah but the other thing is though they're not if, if you're just gonna look at them as a charitable organization there are other charitable organizations that have huge payrolls and when you look at the breakdown of how much money goes to their actual cause versus administrative and salaries to their CEO. Right. Um, well, I got a question for you. What's the difference between Joel Osteen and Jim Jones? Jim Jones was the, uh, was he the Kool-Aid people? Yep. So Jim Jones, same thing. Yeah. Started a church. Yeah. Enough people followed him. And he, and he was, he was labeled a cult leader, which he mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Um, to the point where I guess the government started to go after him for tax evasion and all this other stuff. And he said, you know what? We're going to go buy some land. I think they went to Africa. Mm-hmm. A lot of people went with him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know how it led to the Kool-Aid issue, but I mean, essentially, what's the difference between Jim Jones, who everyone calls a cult leader, to a Joel Osteen, 
who's not housing all these people, doesn't want them all to live on the same plot of land, but is more than willing to take their money every single week in fealty to him. I I guess the bi- the only the big difference would be that that he's Jim, not trying to kill him, right? Yeah, there's no Kool Aid. <laughs> is that the difference? I mean, <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah. There, there's no Kool Aid. Well, there might be. But, there could uh, be. Who knows? But I think the other difference is like you're free to leave. Well, they're not, they're not entrapped anymore. They're, they live in their own houses. I mean, it's yeah. not like they're on this on this piece of land. He's like, right. But a lot of these cults, like they, there's a lot of there's brainwashing, and there's they're you know, essentially you're not free to go, right? If well, you want, I mean, but then some people say the same thing about Scientology. So, well, everyone called what David, they they all said David Koresh was a cult leader. Yeah, but David Koresh never said people couldn't leave. People were free to leave. They right. just didn't want to leave. They couldn't. Well, then they couldn't leave when the ATF surrounded them. Well, that too, with yeah. a tank. There, there, <laughs> there was a. I think there was an HBO like miniseries done on that. Fascinating. Yeah, that's a neat story. Yeah, uh, and I should say neat, but that story, like the way it was, I remember. That's one of the first big stories that I remember. As because that, I mean, we were pretty young. I mean, I think we we're high school age when that when yeah, that occurred. About that, yeah, yeah. But well, we and, remember. I mean, we remember seeing it on TV, yeah, like coming out live. Like they they did the raid live. Oh yeah, on TV. And I remember watching the ATF agents getting shot up on the roof, and yeah. um, then they had the tank that smashed the wall open, and then you know they were you know the fires were set inside. I mean, it was it was an awful. Uh, situation there but now that more information has come out about that because mm-hmm. at the time the way it was portrayed was that this guy was some sort of separatist and was amassing weapons and doing all this stuff and it's kind of ter- turned out that a lot of that didn't happen yeah it, and it, it was just a government flexing when they really didn't have the right to be flexing they said like in that in the mini documentary there they they basically i think like four or five days they just played like blaring noise mm-hmm I, I, they were they were basically engaging in psychological warfare. Well, with see, them. And, and then they're saying that there were actual, you know, army psyops and stuff that were that were on there too, which is a yeah. direct violation of the pos, of posse comitas. So yeah. they were, you know, military elements were involved. Like, where did ATF get the freaking tank from? Yeah, you know, and you know that was something where, but a lot of that stuff just didn't come out. It was all hush hush. It was a different. It was a different era yeah. back then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's when people trusted the news and trusted the government. And I think Janet Reno was the attorney general, and Clinton yeah. was president. And they took. Uh, people were raising questions about them, but it didn't get the coverage. Imagine if that happened today with oh. the amount of internet and scrutiny. Because at, at that time, I mean, internet was in its infancy. I think you may have had you've got mail, right? But other than that, you were pretty much. All you had were the legacy was the legacy media. Well, could you imagine now with all the with the podcasts with uh, the internet people? I mean, you know, and I'm not saying all the internet people are correct because a lot of them are cuckoos, like all the the QAnon folks out there. Mm-hmm. But it would have been a firestorm. World star hip hop would have put out oh, a video about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> world star, world star. Yeah, yeah. But someone, see, someone would have a TikTok challenge about it. But then the thing is, Koresh, that would have been live streaming from inside of the inside of the compound too. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it would have been complete. I don't think would have, I don't think that would have gone down the way it did today. I don't think it could today. And I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think people in power realize it yet. But if people in power are pulling some of these things, eventually they might not get caught right away. But eventually, the the information will come out. Yeah. Like for I mean, 
I mean, you look at like Snowden, you know, Assange with WikiLeaks. Yep. I mean, shoot, even like the whole RussiaGate thing. Yeah. Like for years, for what four, five, for four years, three years, RussiaGate, 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 collusion, collusion, collusion. Last week, oh by the way, it was all it was all junk. Yeah. Some dude made it up. Yeah. It's always going to come out in the end. Yep. Because there's always going to be someone who's interested. And nowadays, you don't need an editor at a newspaper to greenlight it. Right. I can just go I, between you know the writer, the journalist on Substack, mm-hmm. who can go straight to the people, or the YouTubers. Or, Us. Uh, podcast. <laughs> anybody, yeah. right? I mean, Joe. Ro- what's Joe Rogan's? What, what, how many people? How many listeners does he have? I think he's upward. I mean, yeah, he's got to be close to fifty million. Yeah. At this point, yeah. I mean, when he left YouTube and his podcast, well, he didn't leave YouTube, but when he was just on the podcast and uploading it to YouTube, I mean, the dude got a hundred million dollar contract mm-hmm. from Spotify. Yeah. To make it Spotify only, like you can't listen to it anywhere else. I like, put yep. some clips up on YouTube, but you got to go on Spotify. You can't listen to it on like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. In fact. He's the sole reason I installed Spotify Same on my here. phone. Same here. Yeah. Same here. We're not the only ones. Yeah. So if he's got 50 million listeners, I mean, you got to remember the population of this country is only 350 million. Right. Right. Now, I'm not saying they're all from this country that listen to him, but he, let's say he's got 25 million in this country. Yeah. That's about 8%. No, yeah. no, no, no. Is that right? Yeah, about 8%. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people in this country. How many people watch the Super Bowl every year? Twenty million. Okay, so if he's got, if he has twenty five million people, yeah, that listen to his show, yep. every week. Well, and he puts out three four episodes a week. Yep. So that's think of the ad. That's three or four Super Bowls every single week. Yeah. So and the ads that how they do it there, it's not ridiculous because he used to read all the ads prior to starting the show, right? And now like it it breaks in at a certain point and I'll, they go through. I'll be honest with you, like. I listened to. I just got done with the Jocko Wilnick episode. Mm-hmm. That he awesome did. episode. Great episode. Yeah. I don't remember there being an ad in it. Uh, yeah. So if I, there if there was, it was so well done. I didn't know about yeah. it. So like sometimes when you listen to it, if you take a break, and then you go do something else and come back, it'll play the ads, but you can fast forward through them. Wait, is it so? Is it a Spotify ad or is it an ad he's doing? He reads them. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> he'll talk about the different companies, and um, you can you can fast forward through them but you have to fast forward through each one so at minimum you're going to see it's going to tell you the ad for whoever it is on the screen yeah as you advance the slider across it and then there's going to be like five of them so you're going to see like oh joe rogan's athletic greens or you know Hmm. um you know on it kettlebells or whatever the hell it is it's you're going to see it but um i don't like i said i don't even like it must have been so well done i don't remember i don't remember there being ads in that thing um, I guess under that same vein, I mean, is Joe Rogan a cult leader? Yeah. Like, are, are we in the cult? Maybe we have cult followers. Maybe <laughs> One can only hope, yeah. right? <laughs> I dream for the day of cult yeah. followers. Right. I, I, in all honesty, I think we might be the only two people who don't want to, who aren't doing this to ever become famous, because I don't think I could handle fame. No. No, I, yeah. I wouldn't want, like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. But. I do like doing this though. No, it's, it's fun. fun, right? Yeah. And if it happened, it happened. I guess you just have we just have to find a way to deal with it. But yeah. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. Like the other, like 
I, I was kind of like just looking around at podcasts. There's so many of them. Oh, there's a ton. Like, like yeah. how anyone finds this, I got no clue. Yeah, I, I don't. So, and the thing is, like, I get into them by, like, the ones I've gotten into. So, I got into Jocko Willink by accident. Because mm-hmm. I listened to a guy named, um, it's called Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Mm-hmm. So, Dan Carlin did, they broke down, um, it was two different atrocities. It was one during Westward Expansion. Uh, U.S. Army and it was a an Indian tribe, and the cavalry attacked this tribe for, you know, essentially they were defenseless. It was a massacre, and they also broke down um, uh, Milai, and Jocko being the seal was going down through the failures. I'm like, who is this dude? Like this guy's awesome. And then at the end, he talked about his own podcast, and I'm like, oh, right on it. So that's how I find this stuff. And then a friend will say, oh yeah, check this out, check that out. Um. But uh, I don't have time to listen to all the ones I want to listen to. Right. So, because I mainly do it on my way to work. So, that I have an hour total commuting time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a half hour in the beginning, half hour in the end. So, it takes me, you know, a three-hour episode will take me, um, you know, uh, three days to get through it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's, I don't know how people find this one, you know, because we talk about whatever. Right. And we're kind of not, we fall all over the place in the political spectrum, so... I do think at this point, though, so I think a lot of people, they bring a baked-in audience because mm-hmm. there's some form of entertainer who is now doing a podcast. Yeah. It's kind of like you're, they're they're diversifying their, their revenue streams. Yeah. So they do a podcast for an hour a week or two weeks mm-hmm. or an hour every every two, three days or whatever. Like, not everyone's doing on Joe scale three hours every uh, three days a week, right? It takes a lot of time to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we kind of keep these episodes down to an hour, just because we want to fit into someone's schedule, mm-hmm. right? We're we're not in the position to make someone's schedule. Yeah. If we fit in, great. I hope someone listens to it once every once a week. Um. But I I think like Bill Bird now does a podcast and he mm-hmm. does it once a week. Um. But he's bringing a baked in audience, right? Yeah. So. I see how people find them, and the, a lot of entertainers, a lot of comedians do it. Yep. Um, and there are politicians get into it, like uh, Ted Cruz has one. Does he really? Um, yeah, but he's not always on it. And then, uh, <laughs> it's weird. False advertising. Um, Tulsi Gabbard has one, mm-hmm. um, even though she's not in politics anymore. She should be, but she's not. She, she um, might get back into yeah. it. And then Dan Crenshaw has one. Uh, his is pretty good. He talks to people from all over the spectrum and- you know, he's the guy with the eye patch, right? Yeah, the one that um, Pete Davidson made fun of. Yeah, he um, actually. So he he went on Trevor Trevor Noah's show. Now he, I don't know if Trevor Noah's doing a different type of show, but it wasn't the Daily Show that mm-hmm. Dan went on. He went. Uh, Trevor's been doing these interviews with people like at a, just at a table. It, it looks very podcast format type. Yeah, I was very interested. Like, Trevor Noah's hardcore liberal, mm-hmm. but he sat down with Dan Crenshaw. And they had a great conversation. And, and the funny part was, is like, he was like, I didn't know these things that you were telling me. So like, it was almost like an education a little bit for, for Trevor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there's a lot more in common here than I thought. Yeah. I was like, well, sometimes if you just open your ears yeah, and you're willing to listen to the, to, to the other person, like, I mean, like Jocko, Jocko on that, on that podcast with Joe was saying, yeah, the best leaders in the world listen. 
they don't they, they don't necessarily act right away. Mm-hmm. They listen first. Yeah. Um, and they they collect information and then make a they make the best decision to go forward. Yeah. Um, someone always told me, and another person always told me, the best leaders manage things; they don't manage people. Yeah. Because pe- you can't manage people. People are individuals. If you try and manage people, and uh, never mind manage them the same way, you're going to have a rough time. So you manage things, you don't manage people. But beside the point, I mean, this was all from, you know, this all came out of the Joel Osteen conversation yeah. of, <laughs> and is he a cult, is he a cult leader? Or, or I mean, who knows? I, mean, well, but, I call myself a disciple of Jocko. So, you know, I try to do the get up early stuff. It doesn't work out so well. I've kind of changed my schedule up, but, um, you know, I, if my wife would let me go to bed at eight, I would. Right. But she wants, I don't know why she must like me for some reason. She wants me to hang out. With she wants you to hang out. She wants um, you to talk. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she, so I don't get to go to bed at eight. I'd put the kids to bed. They go to bed right after them myself. But, um, cause I, I like getting up early. I, I actually, I like getting up early. I just. You know, I also want to get seven, eight hours of sleep a night. So if I'm staying up to 11, I can't wake up at four. Right. Because, you know, then you just feel like crap for the next day. But um, but what was another yeah. thing? We wanted to talk about a couple other things on this podcast. Yeah. Not, so not, not just rag on Joel Osteen, but right. hey, Joel, <laughs> you do something with that money, will you? Well, we were, we were, I was getting ready to segue because when you're talking about, uh, you know, how things were coming out, like the Russiagate thing came out, like that was all made up. And, not that I think that COVID was made up. Maybe, who knows? But, like, I don't mean made up like it doesn't exist. I think that's a that would be, to pull that conspiracy off would be crazy. The disease exists. Yeah. There, there's a disease out there that exists. Right. Got it. So, what I, what I was going to get into was this new, uh, the Omicron variant, which is, everyone's losing their mind over it. But, if you actually read the information that's coming out from the... F- first areas affected the symptoms are super mild most people won't even know they've had it um those who do get it are going to have a uh they're going to have a um you know slight fever and a mild cough and they're for a day and they're gonna be fine but everyone's still losing their mind we're talking about travel restrictions and bans and lockdowns and going back to you know all the craziness of when it first started so it, there, there are a couple things that are the, the the first point I wanted to make about about Omicron is that it's a virus is an organism, and it's a it's a small simple organism, but it's going to evolve and it wants to survive, so it survives by living inside of a host. If it kills every host that it gets in contact with, the organism's not going to survive, so it has to. So the strongest versions, the initial versions, are going to kill people. But then the virus out- dies with the host. So then the ones that survive are the less lethal versions of it. Right. So the further we get into this thing, and I'm not sure uh, where Omicron falls in the Greek alphabet. I'm pretty sure it's after Delta. They, they, no, it's not. They skipped a couple letters. Why do they skipped? They, si- they skipped G. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, shocker. But, um, by the way, G is XI, yeah. which also happens to be the Chinese president's name. Yeah. So it's pronounced when it's the Chinese president is Xi Jinping. Correct. Um, however, when it's the Greek letter, it's pronounced Kai. Kai. Okay. But people are going to see it and say, "Oh, G." So I guess in deference to the CCP, they 
They, <laughs> like they can't have it being called the Chinese virus again. And then they also skipped Mu and Nu because I didn't want people to think that, oh, this is the new variant. Right. When it's really, <laughs> no, it's the NU. Right. Um, and Mu, they just didn't want, they just didn't want to make everyone making jokes about cow noises. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So <laughs> now you've got Omicron, but each variant gets less lethal because the virus wants to live. So it's evolving, mm-hmm. but because their life, its lifespan is so short and there's so many billions of, of them around, their evolutionary pattern is, the timeline is compressed. So do you remember I was talking about the guy Z-Dog MD? Mm-hmm. All right. Stupid name for a show, but I guess his first name starts with a Z. Anyway, guy's a Stanford, Stanford graduated doctor. Right. Um, and he said this is how... This is how viruses turn from pandemic to endemic. They get weaker over time mm-hmm. because they're trying to survive. Yeah. And while I heard that from him probably about a month ago, there's another scientist out there, a virologist named uh, Brett Weinstein. Yep. And he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, I want to say, almost a year ago. Now, he's been on since He's been then. on a couple times. He's been on since him and, yeah, and then he has Heather. a brother, too. I will, I, the the lady goes on with him, Heather. Something. Heather Heyer, yeah. yeah. Um, but when Brett said it, now he was also the guy that said this. This did not come straight from this. This, this iteration of the alpha virus did not come straight from animal. This was a virus that had been messed with. Yeah, basically, he was the one that was kind of saying this came out of a lab. Yeah, which everyone said he was nuts. Everyone mm-hmm. said he was crazy. And oh, by the way, now all of a sudden people are like, well, it probably did come out. Well, that's why they, they kicked him off Twitter for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he faced a large backlash yeah. for what he said. Um, but he also said, you know, eventually this is going to run its course and it's going to go from pandemic to endemic. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a year over a year ago. And then this other guy comes out and says it. Now, people like to discredit Brett Weinstein for whatever reason. Right. And the dude's actually an evolutionary biologist. Is that what it is? Sorry. It wasn't a virologist. That's what it was. This is what he, like, studying how these things evolve is, like, what he does. Right. Like, he's dedicated his entire adult life to. But they they just labeled him as uh, far right. Yeah. And just crazy. Well, and my my thing with Omicron was it seemed really, really, the, the media aspect of this seemed really, really coordinated. The day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the day after everyone had just traveled, you know, people had had already flown to see their relatives. They had already they already had their flights booked to come back. The day after Thanksgiving, no less than twenty news outlets were talking about Omicron, mm-hmm. and then Biden came out with the travel restriction from South Africa, which was kind of funny because. Everyone from the left said that Trump was a racist because he put a travel ban on from China. Yeah. Which was where Alpha came from. Yeah. But no one but now when Biden does it from South Africa, not yeah. oh no, that's okay. Yeah, and it was South Africa and a lot of those um it was South Africa wasn't the only nation. It was pretty much any flights but from They were just the ones that published it. Yeah. And said, Oh, hey, by the way, this is here. Yeah. And who knows when they said it was here, but yeah. the meat Everything came out the day after Thanksgiving, and it was super, it looked just really super coordinated Mm -hmm. with how many stories there were on that day. Yeah. And of course, they're like, oh, by the time the story came out, they didn't have 
any information about the virus, about this Omicron, other than it existed. Yeah. But they put it out there anyway. And then the other thing that they did was, over the next week or two, oh, the hospitals are getting full again. Yeah. The hospitals are getting full. It's all... And they wouldn't say hospitals are full with COVID patients who have Omicron. They would just say, it would say like Omicron dash hospitals are filling. Yeah. Hospital or hospital beds are thin or something other than that. When it, if you go into a hospital, they're not testing for the type of COVID you have. Yeah. They're testing to see if you have COVID. Right. Now, they might attribute it to Omicron because that's the newest variant, but they don't know which one you have. They don't, they don't know that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that unless, you go, unless your sample is taken into a lab and they check. In, but they're not doing that for people on a regular. It costs too much. Oh, yeah. They're, they're... But the way they write these titles, they're, they're trying to trick your mind into thinking that all these new people that are going into the hospital... With COVID, which happens to still, it, 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 the, the cases are still going down, mm-hmm. but they're all Omicron now. Yeah. Be scared. Right. And it also coincided with the fact that the kids vax is out now. Mm-hmm. The, all of a sudden, and now boost, you, you should get boosters. Yeah. This is booster season. You get, get your, uh. But oh, by, oh, wait, the booster may not work against Omicron. Everyone be scared. Stay home. Yeah. Locked out. Well. And then you have this idiot, actually, in my, in my notes, I wrote that idiot, de Blasio. Um, that guy just went and said that every private sector employee and children have to be show proof of vaccination. People should do anything in the city. So he's mandating it for children? Yeah. Good luck with that. He's got three weeks left. Yeah. Good so the next man that comes is going to be like, no, we're not doing this, hopefully. He's already not doing it. Yeah. But he's just a, like, they, they, they can't let it go. Well, because if they let it go... The control over the population goes away. Yeah. Or half the population, because the other half is basically throwing the middle finger up this whole time. Right. Because the funny, like, the weird part about this is you, you go to some places in some cities, and even Rogan was talking about this. In LA, it's completely different from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. But if you go down, if you go to Texas, or even here in Maryland. Oh, if you go to. If you go to Maryland, like, if, you, if you're here, it's like it doesn't. It's like it's okay. Yeah. If you go to. If you go just one county over. It's indoor mask mandates. It's this. It's that. You go to here. It's like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, I know the the Patuxent River is not this formidable boundary. <laughs> it's this little skinny. Like I mean, you can like easily throw like like my nine year old could throw a football across it. It's like it's like Dave Chappelle <laughs> from uh, Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. I'm on the east bank. I'm on the west bank. I'm on the north side. I'm on the south side. <laughs> We don't gotta pay this guy. Yeah. <laughs> we can just walk right around. And then I go, and Carrie always is like, "That's not the point." <laughs> and then he fights but, Little John. Yeah, but, but um, but yeah, it's it's the you know they they have to they they just won't let, they want the control they won't let go of it. But at some point, when are we gonna have realistic and responsible policy in response to this thing? Because as to as of yet, we have not. Well, the one thing I found interesting was the the Maryland Department of Education, the Maryland Board of Education, whatever the state level Board of Education is. Mm-hmm. They they just put out 
<clears throat> they just they just voted twelve to one. One guy voted against this, but they they said there's three criteria. Um, but one of which was if eighty percent of a county's population is vaccinated, the schools can drop the mask mandate. Yeah. And there was like two other criteria though. Basically, it's 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 starting it's starting to kind of ease in the relaxation of masks. Basically, yeah. saying they're kind of, they're and that's where they're starting now. I think eventually they're going to kind of it'll be seventy or sixty or whatever yeah. it is. But essentially, what they're what they're signaling is, hey, it's it's okay to not wear the mask anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're starting at eighty, so people don't go nuts. And like, hey, that's not enough people. Right. If, if they did it like sixty percent, oh, that's not enough people. We're yeah. all going to die. So they started at eighty. They'll slowly step it down. And this is just for this is just for the the uh, the spring semester. I think mm-hmm. by the fall they're going to say we're not mandating. Yeah. At the state level, we're not mandating it. But the counties are free to make it more strict if they want to. They are, and some will. Like Montgomery will. Oh, yeah. Howard. It's, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a contest between Montgomery and Fairfax to see who do the most obnoxious liberal thing. I think Howard's so, right up there with them, though. Yeah. Like, that's the name. By the way, Montgomery and Howard County are right next to each other yeah. in Maryland. Whereas, I'll be surprised what PG does. Because they probably, between PG and Baltimore City, I think they have the, the lowest uptake of vaccinations there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know. I'm not here to judge on that either way, but I'd be I'll be interested to see what they do as far as how long they keep a mask mandate in place or whether they do or not. I mean, I think some of these people at the state level, they're kind of looking around at these southern states and look, look they don't have mask mandates and they're not shutting schools yeah. down. Their their infection rates aren't through the roof. Yeah, they're lower than some of these places that have more strict mandates in like California. Uh, New York. So I think some of the other states that aren't like in in the news, like Maryland's not a big, I mean, yes, we're close to DC, but we're not in the news no, all the time. Yeah. So but by them doing this, it's not going to make news. Right. Like, I just happen to catch it on my RSS feed. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Like Virginia would be more because Virginia is more of a, you know, Virginia was in the news big time. A couple With weeks Loudoun ago. County, yeah. 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 Then Loudoun County and, and, but, uh, at some point, like they just, they're going to have to come to, to some sort of, thing. okay, we did crazy for two years. So we've ruined a whole bunch of lives. Um, mental health complaints are way up. Suicides are way up. Substance abuse and addiction is way up. It's all way up. And, you know, at some, at a point, you're going to get, you're going to get to a point where the, the cure is worse than the disease. Right. You know, and I've always said, like, I can, I, I have a, a foolproof way. To make sure that you never die of COVID, and and I'll tell this story, and, and like of course, like people say, oh, that's terrible, but I think it's funny. <laughs> so, take a plastic bag, put it over your head, seal the bottom with duct tape. You're you're not going to die from COVID, right? You're going to die from suffocation, yep. But you're going to be safe from COVID, right? And again, that's a cure for COVID, but it's worse than the disease. And as an illustrative point, like. All of these things that we've done, the businesses that were destroyed, the the wealth that was lost, and I'm not saying the wealth that was lost for money, because when you say that, you think, oh, well, all you care about is money. You don't care about grandma. But I'll tell you what, like, if you spent 30 years, your entire life building a restaurant, and then because of um, this virus, all of a sudden the government comes and says, no, you can't work anymore, and your entire life's work is now destroyed, that's significant. And that's 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 your wealth going 
down the tubes. That's everything you own. Think about it. I mean, there, there are, there, like you said, there are people that spend 30 years. Maybe, maybe you got two or three places of business. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some financial crisis comes through, takes it out. Yeah. Your retirement's gone because mm-hmm. your retirement was to sell that business. Yeah. And the cash you got from, or or you were going to hand it down to your kids. Your kids were going to basically pay you to stay on. Yeah, that's your that was your retirement plan. Gone. Mm-hmm. Now you're now you're working at Wendy's. Yeah, yeah. And look, as we get older, it's tough to work, man. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but I don't. People don't understand. People that have a job sitting in an office with an employer don't understand that. Yeah. Just I mean, just like they don't understand when they get fired, they they cry about it. It's like, well, what did you do to keep your job? Not look, I'm not I'm not, not one of those people that thinks all business owners are great people. I think there's some crappy business owners that do yeah. crappy things, but I also think there are some people who are in jobs that think that they're owed the job. Mm-hmm. It's that it's the it's the owner or government's job to keep you employed. Yeah. And that's not the case. That's not how this country was made. You want that? You go live in France. You go live in Germany. Mm-hmm. They 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 got more socialist type uh, regimes in place. Um, but yeah, it, it it's um it's tough with the with the with Omicron though. I, I, at some point down the road, we're we're gonna find out what the actual toll of COVID was. Not as far as deaths from COVID, but we're going to find out the economic toll it took on small businesses, mm-hmm. business owners, employees that lost jobs because of that. And then on top of that, other causes of death that were caused from policies made during COVID. Yeah. So suicide, mental health, um, especially on young kids, man. Yeah. The suicide numbers in teenagers went way up. Yeah. And young adults went way up because I don't, I think one thing that people are now realizing coming out of COVID is how much it is a, a human necessity to have human interaction. Yeah. And, and not with the same people every day. Right. You know what I mean? And not um, via some stupid zoom. Correct. Yeah. And, it, and I, I have to do zooms all the time for it. I, I hate them. Mm-hmm. I, I hate them and I'm tired of the zoom jokes and you know the, the the like I'm just I can't stand like I'm not a Zoom fan now it it is neat where you know I had a meeting um, with a vendor the other day and they they came in and and we did everything over Zoom two years ago the pro- guy probably would have flown out to see it you know which I still think you get more out of that because you miss a lot in communication just by on a computer screen yeah you know you miss body language you miss a lot uh at least you can see people but you still miss um you miss a lot of the the other cues that that we need for communication we're a social animal we're a social creature so well it's kind of like on a zoom call it's like a regular phone call especially for i think for guys you're there to say what you got to say and you get off it's a phone call yeah whereas when you're in person you're there you hang. You can hang out. If two people don't say anything, there's no hang up. You're just yep. you're still hanging out there, and that, yeah. Uh, 
and you maybe you think about the next sentence to say yeah. without being rushed. And I think sometimes a lot of times I found that especially between big meetings, the 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 more valuable time is the five minutes before and the five minutes after. Right. When you know, okay, the meeting's adjourned or before it starts and you're talking with people that you haven't seen for a while, you know, it could be just BSing about nothing. Or it could be like, hey man, I had this idea, I haven't seen it for a while, blah, blah, blah. And then you start working like, hey, let's get together on that later. And then it actually turns into something. You miss that in Zoom because the meeting starts at this time. Right. And then, you know, it's it ends at this time. It's easier to, to end it. So, and then no one's in a room like, you know, I'm in my office, someone else is in there like across the country and we're not going to, you know, if if I know somebody, I might pick them up and call them or we might be texting one another like, yeah, look at this uh this goober here but um it's not going to be it's not the same as actually like but i'd probably be texting that guy anyway yeah i got a good example of that so like for my work i have to go to another region of the country about every three to four months just a quarterly meeting just to kind of catch up with the, the the partners in the region um talk about what's going right what's going wrong what are the latest threats whatever um, but you're right though. The 30, well, for us, I mean, for the 30 minutes before the meeting, mm-hmm. the lunch break yeah, and maybe 30 minutes to an hour after that meeting, yep. it's just me talking with the people out there, mm-hmm. not talking about work. They want to know how my kids are, yeah. how my wife is, uh, how and it, it, with COVID it, it was more of, you know, what is your state doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What versus what their state's doing? Um, if people got it or just ran over, but for the most part, it's how their family's doing. Like, yeah, the, the one of the ladies I, I, I know, uh, out in that region, like she was, her mother was having some, some health issues. And I, and I was just asking how her mom was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's that kind of human connection. It, it, I think in business, they call it, I mean, it's not networking, but yeah. it's, it's like it, you create the personal connection so that when you have to have that hard business discussion, mm-hmm. People don't take it personally, yeah, because you know them personally. Yeah, they realize that if you're coming at them, it's for a business reason, not personal, right? And that's why you build those connections on a personal level, mm-hmm. because at some point, everyone's going to have the everyone has to have a tough conversation with someone in in your work. It usually happens. It happens with boss and employees, and it happens with uh, two organizations. Yeah, at some point, things get uncomfortable mm-hmm. because someone's got to say something to the other side. That they don't they don't want to hear probably right. So when you create that personal connection, it just softens the blow. They know they know you're not coming from a bad place. Therefore, personally in their mind, they're not taking the information as a personal attack. Right. Um. So that just goes along with I, I I don't think in this grand experiment that was COVID, I don't think people realized how much they needed that human personal interaction just to be human yeah it's part of i think it's ingrained in our dna that we need to smile and say hello at someone yeah it it helps your psyche and even the curmudgeons among us still you know even if you're not the you know mr sunshine Hmm? you you still you still need to be outside i know you're talking about me it's all right no no, i I get it you still need to be outside to be the curmudgeon right well it's like for me it's like my curmudgeonness is a lack of tolerance for BS with random people 
I'm sure I'm an affable person. I'm wonderful to be around. I'm sure of it. Um, but, but when it comes time for like, if someone's just yapping my ear off, I'm like, I got to get out of here. I need yeah. to go back to my basement. It's my safe space. As yeah. the kids like to say, but um, yeah, it, 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 I'm not, I just, I'm not a fan of the scare tactics with, with what they're doing now. Like with Delta, it was full on scare tactic. Oh yeah, it's it's more contagious. But okay, well, but is it is it? Are the symptoms worse? Oh well, you know we, we don't know yet. We're gonna find out. Apparently, I mean, the 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 complications from Delta weren't any worse than Alpha no. or Beta, but it was more it was more transmittable. Mm-hmm. Great. But when they did this with Omicron, they were like, well, it could be more contagious, but we don't know yet. Um, or the symptoms could be worse, but we don't know yet. The thing is, they do know. Well, now they know. Yeah. But when they put it out right but, after Thanksgiving, yeah. they might they didn't know, but they definitely went for the scare. Yeah, but the 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 mainstream and the the policymakers still haven't come out and said, you know, it's actually not that big of a deal. I think two days ago, Fauci was still like, well, we, we still don't know oh, yeah, with how his, bad it wearing is. Wearing his 14 masks and, right. you know, but he needs it to stick around so he stays relevant. How that guy hasn't been fired, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, he, I do know. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. there, there are people that, you know, have prayer candles with his face on. Oh, the, again, that, that guy, like, I hate to say it, but, like the dude could lead a cult if he wanted to. Yeah. If he just said all of all of my Fauci followers, yeah, we're now going to the sanctuary. Yep. And we're going to drink Kool Aid. Yeah. And people would go drink the Kool Aid. Yeah. No, I think well, they would. He's Doctor Fauci. Yeah. He hasn't been wrong yet. Yeah, the world's greatest except doctor all the time. <laughs> but I'm just waiting for like you know the Decepticon variant. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Thundercat variant. <laughs> right. Omicron did sound, it sound like a frigging yeah. Transformer. Voltron. Right. <laughs> Where's the Voltron variant coming out? I always wonder why that one why that one Decepticon, he just turned into a gun. Like, he was like the leader of the Decepticons. Yeah. And when he transformed, someone had to hold him. Yeah. Like someone had to shoot him for right. him. And then there's like, the other one that turned into a tape recorder. Yeah. Like what the F is the point of that? Like <laughs> the whole, hold on though. Hold on though. He was pretty awesome though. Because in his robot form, the tape cassette would come out and turn into like a lion or a dolphin. Yeah. So he, then, had, he had a transformer in him. Right. But then they made a version of him that had one of the little tiny tape recorders. You actually record stuff on it. <laughs> when it trans- when he transformed into the tape recorder. Yeah. But yeah, the guy turned so wait, into wait, a- wait, wait, wait. So he had a he had a tape he had an actual tape that he could record with. Yeah, so there's. But the, then he also had the little Doberman. But the toy, yeah, they made a toy that was actually a tape recorder. Oh, so it wasn't that, like him. His cartoon yeah, couldn't record, right? Them. And it had oh, the man. little. Remember the little tiny cassette tapes you put in like a, like a voice memo recorder back. Yeah, in yeah, the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those, yeah. and it worked. Wow. Yeah, a friend of mine had it. That's awesome. So, first podcast was recorded on that. Wow. <laughs> but facts, yeah, because this but, is a factual podcast all the time. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just waiting for the the Voltron version. Because Voltron had a giant sword, but was a robot. Listen, original Voltron was five five lines, right? Yes. It was the body, head, the two arms. Wait, was Voltron li- or Thundercat? Were Thundercats lions? Voltron. Okay. Voltron was lions because the two legs. Yeah. 
two arms and the body and the head. Mm-hmm. The head looked really creepy. Um, they re- When they redid that, I was so pissed. <laughs> because the, like, the leg was like a unit with like 17 pieces. Mm-hmm. The other leg was a unit with like 17 pieces. Like So now they have like 40 characters. Yeah. Like you money grubbing people, you just want people to buy f- like 20, 20 more toys. Well, so many of those five. toys like um, were just knockoffs of other toys. Yeah, yeah. So like, Repurpose. there's Transformers and there's GoBots, yeah. and then there's Voltron, and there's another robot that cars turned in them. So it was like Voltron and Transformers had a baby and made yeah. this thing. The original Voltron for me though was the five cats. It was the metal. Yeah, was, that was a metal toy. Yep. And then they went and screwed it up. And then there's like the epilepsy-inducing <laughs> cartoons <laughs> that we just stared at when we were kids. Like, that was that was the intro of anime into, yeah. into uh, U.S. life. Yeah, and then like He-Man was a cartoon just to sell toys. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. the Skeletor memes are good though. I'll give them that. Well, all right. Talking about talked about Joel Osteen. Is he a a leader of a flock or a, or a con man. And then we also talked about Omicron. Is it worse and more deadly than the other COVID-19s? Or is this when we start to see the virus kind of start uh, coming down in its, in its uh, vibrancy? I don't know. Let us know. Shoot us a comment. Like, subscribe, share, comment, like, or I think I already said like. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.